once you're on page one, they start judging which one is getting the most clicks and you can out you can beat some big sites if yours gets more clicks than the top spot hey what's going on this is the doug show i'm doug cunnington and at the beginning here that was my friend duke duke is another one of our success story interviews I recorded this interview with Duke a few months ago. It was like the middle of 2018 or so. And I I recently caught up with him. And currently he's making about 2,000 to 2,500 per month. And over December, he mentioned that he hit a peak of around, I think it was like 3,000 bucks, something like that. So he's doing really well. And this is the original interview that I did with Duke. He drops some great wisdom for us. He talks about how he got into niche sites initially. He talks about writing viral style headlines, something that I don't really have any experience with. And then he gives us some great tips for beginners. So I want to thank Duke a lot for taking the time out to speak with me on this occasion. And uh, I could tell you that soon in a few episodes, I'm going to be publishing the update where Duke tells us even more. And, and the cool part is he's, he's executed and he hit, you know, $1,000 per month, like he talks about in this episode. And then he executes even more and he learns even more. So the, this new episode coming up soon is, uh, even more interesting, I think. As normal, after the interview, I'll answer a few questions that were sent in. So I appreciate it if you send any in. And if you happen to leave questions on any of the YouTube videos, I try and look in the comments and and find stuff out there. Honestly, I try and answer a lot of those questions too, but there are so many videos out there and so many questions that honestly, it's a little hard to keep up. So I do what I can. The questions we're going to talk about today are about table plugins. So uh, people ask me all the time, what table plugin do you use? So we'll talk about that. Further, other people just ask, what plugins do I use? So I will talk about that as well. I'll also mention a uh, tool that I really enjoy called Skitch. So I will just talk about that and why I like it as well. Before I send it over to the interview, I just want to talk about success stories a little bit. And I can tell you personally, I find them super interesting. When I first found Smart Passive Income and Niche Pursuits, uh, both the podcast version um, specifically, I was super interested in all these success stories and the income reports. And it's kind of like a spectacle to see the huge profits and revenue that people like Pat Flynn were pulling in and, and are still pulling in especially when you consider how much like normal people like you and I make at a corporate job. So, you know, why are we so interested in these success stories? Well, for me, it was totally inspiring. I could completely relate to the person, especially hearing about, uh, you know, a journey that someone went on, hearing about the uncertainty that they had at the very beginning. And I could see myself doing something similar accomplishing something that other people would also want to hear about. And in fact, I thought to myself, I want to be a success story. I want to be on some podcast where people are interested in hearing about like what I did. And it's really cool because you can see that normal folks, uh, people that aren't experts, people that are just learning, just like you, just like I was, I mean, I'm still learning now. And like people are able to create 
something out of nothing with hard work and willingness to learn and a little stubbornness. Um, you know, Duke is a great example of that. Not, not the stubbornness part specifically, but I think, I mean, overall, that's why I care about the success stories. And I think they help you believe that you can be a success too. Now, I actually made it onto the Niche Pursuits blog and podcast, and I was, I've was i been featured on a lot of other blogs as like a guest post, like Empire Flippers and Ahrefs and, and several others. And it feels really amazing to be on those other blogs and podcasts that I actually consumed when I got started. And um, if you have a success story, give me a shout. Let me know. I like to cover, you know, other people's success. It's super interesting. So, and the more I talk about the keyword golden ratio, the more I hear from people that are using it and they're making it work. It's really cool because a lot of these folks are brand new to like affiliate marketing and they're able to get these small wins fast. And that's so important when you're getting started. There's another school of thought where maybe you just publish content and you don't really worry about keyword research. You don't really worry about link building and stuff like that. But when you can get those small wins early, um, you don't have to wait eight months or 12 months to see traffic. You can get traffic in weeks. So, all right, I've talked a lot. So I'm going to go ahead and send it over to the interview. So let's hear from Duke. I want to hear about your site, Duke. I want to know a little bit about the earnings and just the uh, the traffic right now. And then we'll back into the story and hear how you got to that point. Okay. Well, I have two sites now, but the first site I did that was a niche site, Amazon affiliate type site, actually was born out of frustration. And I was searching a project that I was trying to get accomplished for live streaming, and I could not find the information that I needed to get it going. And so I was using it for a specific purpose. I had started out trying to use an old an old camera, and how do you get the old camera to actually send you real video to a computer so then you can put it over the internet and what i was looking for that i didn't know at the time was an hdmi to usb converter actually that's what i ended up with but i needed an av out of that camera into to convert to usb to go to computer i searched and searched and searched couldn't find it finally stumbled upon something in a forum and got what i needed and i went man there has to be a website that deals with these types of technology issues that i deal with i mean there was a couple of them but they were not amazon affiliate sites they were just blogs and they were not even seo optimized or anything and i thought this would make a great niche for an Amazon site. I had been searching for a different type of website because uh, advertising websites like with AdSense or with sure. Ad Networks, the return on investment is continuing to drop right. and the revenues are continuing to drop and it's becoming a lot of work for a little money. Right. And, and, so, and before, and I'm sorry to interrupt you before we go on. So what is your revenue at right now with, that we're looking at? Just so people can quickly get a sense of why we're talking. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just came in under a thousand dollars in March. Cool. Congratulations. Uh, like nine hundred and sixty seven. Yeah. Okay. So maybe 
maybe this next month coming up. So very yeah. good. What's the traffic at just to give people an idea right now, like the last month in March, it was right around 200 visitors a day. Gotcha. So okay. six, 6,000 people for the month. Nice. So that's really, I mean, that's, that's a great amount of revenue for that many visitors, I think. And I, I cut you off. I'm sorry, Duke. So, That's all so right. you're at about close to a thousand, about 200 unique visitors a day. And you, it's, you know, you were telling us that you were basically trying to find a solution to a problem and you ended up with, you know, a bunch of sites with maybe not great information. And did you eventually, you know, so we have a conclusion to your story. <laughs> did you eventually find the right cable? Yes, I, I found the right converter. It, it actually is uh, 120 bucks or whatever and i have a whole article on how you do it now so (laughs) (laughs) you could help others yes and that's how i started and uh the niche has actually proven to be fairly popular it'll never be a large site because it is so narrow in focus but it'll definitely be profitable very cool very cool and i'm going to toot my own horn here so the keyword golden ratio played some role in what you were able to accomplish. Can you just describe maybe like when you heard of the keyword golden ratio and then how you implemented it personally? I had stumbled across uh, Human Proof Designs, Authority Hacker, and Niche Pursuits. And in there somewhere, either you did an article or they referenced you. And so then I found you on YouTube. And at that point, you were talking about keyword golden ratio. And so I started looking. And about 40% of the articles I have on the first site is keyword golden ratio articles. Cool. And you did that without knowing. You just were very minutely focused or did you intentionally write those with the keyword golden ratio or you just discovered that you already followed it? 50-50. I went back and looked at some of them that I was already targeting and they were keyword golden ratio compliant. But then I specifically went looking for more. So about 40% of the articles, it's like I'm going to give a different niche because I'm not going to out my niche. Yeah, just but, use ballpoint uh, pen just to... Uh, okay, they would be like best ballpoint pen for greenhouse workers. And it's a great format, by the way, for people that are just getting started. It's like product type for a user type or a specific application. It's a great way to look at it. Yeah. Basically, it sounds like there was a lot of keyword golden ratio content. You stumbled upon it by accident. And then after you realized that that is actually where your site was getting a lot of traction, you doubled down on it. And now you know, you're intentional about what you're publishing. Exactly. Got it. I have one article that is uh, the best ballpoint pin for writing essays, say. It it showed 10 uh, searches and I get 100 100 visitors a month off that one article. It's so misleading because when when we first get started, we believe the tools, right? We think the tools are, I mean, they give exact numbers. So we expect there's a amount of precision and or accuracy. If you're a science nerd, you know the difference. It's really an estimate. There are just estimates. So I hear basically everyone has a story of like, yeah, I went after something with 10 or zero searches. Now it's like the most trafficked page on their site. And it's like really against intuition. So interesting. Now let's let's go back further, Duke. So what can you tell us a little bit about your day job just to get to know you? Like, what do you I mean, you don't have to share if you don't want to, but your day job, like what you used to do, how'd you get into internet stuff? Well, my day job is I'm a pastor. I pastor a small church here in the Bay Area. I started actually started doing that. I started a church in 1988. Okay. So 
been doing it a while. I've also driven truck. That was my secondary income for a lot of years because contrary to popular opinion, most people don't go into being a pastor to get rich. <laughs> and and most, uh, I shouldn't say this, but most salary committees pray that God, you keep him humble and we'll keep him poor. <laughs> and so you just don't make a lot of money. Which So I was bivocational almost my entire life. Okay. It just got to be too much back in 2011. Mm-hmm. And my mom had been bugging me to start writing for the local newspaper. So I decided, okay, fine. I mean, I was never good in English. I, I flunked, In fact, I'm a pastor and I flunked speech in high school. So, <laughs> but, uh, so I was never good in English, but I, I said, okay, fine. She'd been bugging me for years. So I wrote for the local newspaper and it was really popular. So at that point I thought, well, why don't I put it on the internet? So I did what every dummy does and go, went and started a blogger blog, right. you know, yeah. <laughs> and it was ugly. <laughs> what, and was, what year was that? 2011? 2011. Okay. So I started doing that and had a little bit of success. And then I ran across a guy uh, that ran a Christian personal finance website and was teaching about blogging. And he came, uh, he did an article on keyword research. And at that time, he was recommending Market Samurai. And, uh, you know, that that dates me a little bit. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) I thought, okay, I'll give it a try. And so I did an actual article that was based on search and what people are searching for, and it took off. And I thought I had hit the holy grail, you know. And so I started doing everything. I switched over to WordPress. I had lists upon lists and different things that people were searching for. And in my first year, I hit a half a million people coming to the website, half a million uniques. Wow. Yeah, that was quite awesome. I got written up in papers and everything because it was highly unique. Anyways, and I started uh, doing some of the tactics that you've talked about that everybody else was doing at the time in order to gain rankings, including the gray hat PBN links from Build My Rank and some of those. And at a certain point, I never got a manual penalty, but I did get an algorithmic penalty. Okay. And everything tanked. Gotcha. Yeah. All internet marketers usually have some story like this. Yeah. (laughs) So, and I was just, I was still focusing on just getting traffic and doing display ads, not, not any affiliate stuff. At that point, I got really irritated at Google because it was a lot of work and a lot of effort. It's like, man, I'm not, I just not smart enough. So I switched over to viral type websites and I started a viral video type website and it took off. And in fact, it took off to the point that, uh, I went viral on Facebook and had 1.3 million visitors in a week. That's staggering. And, what, what year was that, by the way? So that, that was, let's see, where was I? I think that was 2015. Okay, so not, not too, too not long. Not too long. All maybe right. 14, maybe 15. I'd have to go look. Okay. Anyways, I was on Media Temple hosting at the time, and it broke Media Media Temple. They had their selling point at the time is we can scale no matter what happens. You found the breaking point. I found the breaking (laughs) point. uh, What was the video? Just curious. It was a video of this news report where there was this horrible accident and this girl was feeling like she was going to die. She was trapped in the thing. Uh And this priest came and went and prayed with her and then disappeared. 
Uh-huh. Everybody was speculating, was it a, an angel? And so it, it just went viral. <laughs> How about I don't that? Know. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. So you, you did the viral site and then those are really hard, right? Like it's a never, it's a treadmill. You can't yeah, get off. You've got to feed the beast. Yeah. Okay. And I saw the handwriting on the wall as Facebook kept on tightening up its reach mm-hmm, mm-hmm. on his Facebook pages. You got less and less return, less and less people coming. And so I saw the handwriting on the wall. So I went back to SEO, took all my old articles that I ranked previously, upgraded them, put them on a different website, did all the right things and built zero backlinks to it. And now it gets about forty to 45,000 visitors a month. Wow. Okay, great. And so and this was the site that you had from back in the day, 2011, the blogger yeah. days? Okay. Yeah. Wow, great. So I'm going to jump around a little bit. And I want to go back to the site that is making almost a thousand bucks a month. Is that the one from right. 2011 or no. the new one? No, it's a, brand, it's a brand new site, the one that's making a thousand dollars a month. It makes more money than the site that gets between 30 and 40,000 okay. visitors a month. Okay, gotcha. And can you tell us, or how old is that that site then? The new one? Yeah, the new one. It's 10 months old. I started it back in July, I think, June or July, end of June, 1st of July okay. of last year. Gotcha. I know you won't remember exactly, but can you kind of tell us about the trajectory of the earnings and traffic over time, just to hopefully illustrate a little bit of the sand, like the Google sandbox and what it's like the first six months you're starting your site? Okay, I've made my first sale in six weeks. It was a decent product, couple about three hundred dollars. Okay. I I target between a hundred and five hundred dollar products. So it made its first sale. It took three months almost to the day to come out of the sandbox, but I did things to get it to come out of the sandbox early. Okay. Can you Uh, share any of this? Yeah, because none of it's none of it's hard. I started off as soon as I launched it, I did a press release because new site being launched, blah 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 blah. It's genuine news, so it it works. Okay. Then I did, uh, I don't know, about 20 blog comments right in there someplace. I did 20 Quora answers nice. that pointed to the site. And I did four guest posts. One of those came from your tactic of establishing relationship with blog comments. Sure. Okay. And then I share on uh, Pinterest and on Scoop It. Uh, I don't know if you're available or familiar with Scoop It, but you actually get a backlink from it. So Okay. Pinterest backlinks, scoop of backlinks, just to give social... Some presence. Yes. Got it. And, okay. th- and that's what I did. It took three months. And it was obvious it came out because it jumped. It was languishing at five to ten visitors a day. Mm-hmm. And the first jump was up to between 50 and 75. Gotcha. Basically overnight, right? Yeah. Okay. And just to recap, so press release, 20 blog comments, um, four guest posts and some sharing scoop it and pinterest is that right yeah and quora and quora 20 answers on quora nice now for the press release i've never done that i've i've heard it's a piece of you know an early launch strategy like you described is there anyone that you would recommend and it's okay if you don't because i don't know who they are or anything so don't go for the five dollar press release on fiverr you get what you pay for okay i went with human proof designs their press release service okay you can find a little bit better pricing but their press release was good and i got 300 over 300 backlinks from 
different news websites okay. that have good authority. So they're no follow, but no follow helps too. Right. And I, I believe that as well. Plus, I mean, at that point it's, it's brandable, right? It's the brand yes. name. That's great to have early on because that's, that's what a real website would have. So yes. Okay, great. Thanks for sharing that. Cause that, I mean, some people do ask about the sandbox and I've heard different formulas and I've also heard like I did the formula on this site and it didn't work. And then I did it on these two and it did work. So I think there may be like some variances, other there factors. There is variance. Sure. Okay. I did, I did exactly the same thing on my second site and it's now, it's just now looking like it's coming out of the sandbox and it's been over four months. Gotcha. Okay. How many posts did you have on the site within that three-month period? What did you launch with? I launched immediately because I knew I was going to have the posts within two weeks. I'd have over 10. Okay. Uh, Writing is not hard. It's just it's gotten kind of mind-numbing, so I'm Mm -hmm. I'm learning how to delegate that. But uh, in a three-month period, I probably had 30 to 40 posts on the site. Gotcha. Okay, perfect. See, once you got out of the sandbox, you were making a little bit more money because you were obviously, you know, getting 10 times more traffic than you were. So from like months three through 10, can you kind of remember like a couple of the the milestone points? Basically, did it grow like really fast or what was the situation? It was kind of interesting. I And I still find it interesting today because the traffic jumped and the first traffic jump, we, you know, we broke our hundred dollar mark and that was a milestone, you know, hundred dollar month. And that was probably in month three, maybe month four. And then it jumped up to the $500 range fairly quickly. It was, you know, by month six for sure. Cause well, it went into November, November and December were $500 months. Mm-hmm. And since I'm tar- I'm not targeting general consumers, I'm targeting a business. I did not see a big Christmas bounce. Mm, good to know. Interesting. Yeah, I found that interesting as well because I was kind of expecting. Yeah, all right, come on Christmas, yeah. and <laughs> and it was it was flat. Okay, it was flat. But okay. then January, where in this niche, new budgets are figured out and released and what they're going to spend on different products in January and February, it jumped up again. And so January was like 700, February was 800 and March was 967. Gotcha. And I take it traffic is, is growing. You're still adding content. Actually, I'm just now getting back to it in January or December, December, I went to another site to start building a second site. And so from December until now, I have been building the second site and it's a huge site. It's not just a small one. And from December until today, we have posted 378 posts, I think, articles. That's that's a lot. And we got another 60 to go and then we will be done with phase one. Wow. Yeah, that's a huge site. Um, Any tips for people that are looking or thinking about doing that type of, uh, you know, sprint of work? You can't write it yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Even if it's easy to write. Yeah, it's, it's too much. Yeah, okay. you can't write it yourself. And that's another thing I learned from you is how to figure out how to hire writers, what I'm looking for, how to do a template so a writer will put it into a format that then I can just pretty well copy and paste into my template 
and it's done. And so we, uh, I paid, I think it's around $3,600 for 220 articles. Plus I've been doing the best lists and okay. buying guides. Some of the buying guides, I just recently found somebody did a really good job with buying guides. And so. Gotcha. You can get them to double down. Now, do you have a like content editor who does the formatting as well? Um, that's something I haven't, like when I do that similar work, team of writers, one content manager to do the formatting and stuff and editing. And that sort of just takes me out of like the mechanics in a lot of ways. So do you have that same type of role? No. Well, my wife does the editing for spelling errors and grammar and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So she cleans up the articles a little bit if they're, they need a little cleaning up. I finally found a real English speaking writer that it's obvious they grew up speaking American English and right. I don't have to worry about it as much. I do the formatting on the website, but that's because I actually kind of like that. Okay. Uh, I, I'm kind of a geek when it comes to making things look pretty. Yeah. I mean, that's a key thing to understand what you like doing and it drives me crazy. So I, I need to stay out of it. I, I mean, actually I don't mind it. It just, I do it so much slower than anyone else. <laughs> so I stay out right. of it. Right. I can format, of course I got systems in place that just kind of work for me, but I can format a 2000 word article in about a half an hour. Gotcha. Okay. Now it sounds like you use some of the templates that I give out for free. By the way, if people are interested in the templates, there's a link below probably for niche site project. And basically I give away all the templates. So if you just go there, sign up for the email list, you can get it. So you use my templates primarily, right? The ultimate Amazon review template. Got it. I tweaked it some just for what I'm trying to do, but every piece that is in your template is in mine. Okay. And that actually you, you answered or started to answer the question that I was going to ask, which is when you're starting with like someone else's templates, how do you modify it for your own use? Because basically if you just take the templates, it's a great starting point, but if people just use and copy things directly, they're kind of missing the point. So how, how do you customize things? For me, what I do is I go looking around. I take the template and I, I know I want all this content, but how do I want to present it? And so I went to the wire cutter. I went to Outdoor Gear Lab. I went actually, and I liked it. I went to the top five lawnmower site that you did a breakdown on. And he had this little box at the top that gave yeah. bullet point ratings and uh, and stuff. And I, I went and I, I stole it. <laughs> <laughs> I go find things that I like that I can add into the template so that it is unique to my site. Okay. And to summarize, so if people have a template uh, that they've gotten from somewhere else. It's great to use as a starting point, but then one should investigate, see what they like, put their own spin on it and customize it for their own site. Right. Basically. Yeah. Like the wire cutter, the wire cutter has, uh, you know, the, the little box with our pick mm -hmm. and you know, the, just a little bit of customization that they put in that content. Well, I went and I, I have a box that says editor's choice and first runner up and honorable mention. Just a little bit different, but unique to my site. Couple other questions. This one, it's kind of referring back to the viral site. So I'm curious, uh -huh. did you learn anything on the viral project that you were on that you can now apply to niche sites as you're doing them now? Headlines. 
Okay. First of all, get over the thought that it's clickbait because the reason clickbait is clickbait is because it works. <laughs> okay. You can think it's horrible or whatever, but your purpose as a business owner is to get people to come and view your site. So then it's okay if you have clickbaity headlines, as long as you give them good content and it's not just garbage. Right. You know, for instance, I have one headline on my newer site and it's about a smaller sized guitar. So I said, it's something to the effect of brand name, model name, review. The only time size doesn't matter. <laughs> That's pretty good. It's clever. It makes people smile. Yeah. I didn't even know what you were going to say. That's a good one. And so that headline gets clicks. Yeah. And I mean, it'll pay off if, you know, it originated, right? Or this mm -hmm. question originated with the viral sharing on social. But I mean, when you're looking at the SERPs, if, if you're targeting a keyword, a more interesting title, that's going to get more clicks, you know, no it matter is. what. And that'll, and, that and helps the rankings. Once you're on page one, they start judging which one is getting the most clicks and you can out you can beat some big sites if yours gets more clicks than the top spot very cool awesome tip now do you have any tips for people that are just getting started and maybe launched a site before but they haven't really made any money what would you tell them that some very ugly sites can still rank. <laughs> I know from my my first sites, they were pretty ugly. They okay. can still rank. And I say that not because I want you to have an ugly site, but I want you to stop stressing over whether you have everything perfect and get your feet wet. You can learn that, oh, that was a dumb mistake six months later and fix it. But if you wait until you have everything, all the knowledge you need, you're never going to get started. And if you don't get started, you're never going to you're never going to learn, because guess what? Even if you spent the next six months watching video after video and reading blog post after blog post until you actually do it, you're not going to learn what works and doesn't work. Well said, Duke. Really appreciate it. And thanks for the time today. Oh, not a problem. My pleasure. Right. Thanks again to Duke. Really appreciate you taking the time, man. And everyone, don't forget, I do have an updated interview coming out pretty soon with Duke. I'm not 100% sure uh, when I'm going to release it, but keep an eye out for it. Like I said, this one was like a few months back, and this current interview is like as of uh, like late January 2019. So keep an eye out for it. Before I get into the questions, I want to read you one email. So I get quite a few emails, and I try, actually I still reply back to like 99% of them. So there's a few of them that I, I miss, I think, because uh, I end up in the spam folder, and then it just takes me longer to get back to you. But basically, I'm still able to answer a lot of these emails. Soon I may not be able to, but right now I'm still able to. Anyway, I got this one was sent in by a guy named James. He says, hey, Doug, I'm an entrepreneur who just turned 16 last week. I own two Amazon affiliate site uh, sites and one has decent earnings, $250 a month. The other is less than a month old, so it's not earning anything. James says, I can't thank you enough for the content you've published on YouTube and your site. I likely could have not have started niche sites without it. And then he wanted to ask about taxes and some other stuff like that. I told him to consult 
his uh, parents and an accountant, but that's amazing, James. Great job on, on your site and like taking action and doing stuff. I couldn't imagine having, um, like a passive type income like that when I was 16. Now I cut grass when I was 16 and like wash cars and stuff, mostly cut grass. And that is, uh, you know, as you know, extremely labor intensive. And, uh, it was, it was good cause it was like cash. So I basically didn't pay taxes on any of that when I was a kid. I don't think I made enough to actually have to pay taxes by the way, but the point is it was all cash and it felt like a lot of money back then. But, uh, you know, thinking back, I'm not sure, I'm not sure how much I was making, you know, quote per month, but I could tell you, I only worked during the grass growing season. So it wasn't like a full-time gig or anything like that. So over to the questions. First one is, do I use a table plugin and what's my favorite table plugin? So I personally use an HTML table generator because personally, I think it's faster and easier to use and cheaper. And I kind of hate plugins, which is related to the next question, which we'll get to in a second. But just in general, the plugins that um, I've seen for tables aren't great. When I first started, there was a pretty popular one called uh, Table Press, and a lot of people still use it. And I found it to be really, really terrible as far as a like a user interface. So I haven't used it in a long time. Maybe they made it a little bit easier to use, but you had to go to like a the like the table builder section or something. And you had all these cells that were very small to work with. And I just found it like a pain to use. A table generator, super easy though. Um, it basically works like a, uh, like a spreadsheet or like a word processor and you could format it however you want. It's mobile responsive and it's just intuitive, at least for me, for, for my brain, it seems to work fine. And I'll put a link in the show notes to like a video of how I use this particular table generator generator that's free. And I'll put a link to the HTML table generator. So if you happen to be on your mobile device, it's probably not going to work that well for you. I'm not, I'm not sure. I've never tried to use it, but um, you can use it on your you know, laptop or desktop machine or whatever, and it works fine. All you have to do, you get the HTML, you copy and paste it over to your uh, WordPress, you know, text editor like situation. So you just paste paste the HTML, uh, HTML in there and you're good to go. And there are plenty of plugins out there. And if you just have to use a plugin, I would probably point you towards like something like table press or something like that, just because so many people use it, it should be, you know, functional. But like I said, for, for my time, I'd rather use, um, the HTML table generator. Next plugins. What plugins do I use? So one of the great things about WordPress I assume, I assume that most people are using WordPress. So one of the great things is that WordPress can be extended as far as functionality goes almost infinitely using plugins. Now that can get you in trouble. And actually I did this and I, I feel like it's pretty common when you first start using WordPress and you're just learning, 
you realize, you hear that you can get a plugin for almost anything. They, they can do all sorts of things. And a lot of them are, are free, or at least they're free for uh, like some limited functionality. And I installed too many. I, I installed like, I don't even remember. I think I had like 20 or 25. And they can slow down your site. Now, it's true, like some plugins are going, I mean, they're going to be faster because they're coded well, but a free plugin may not be coded well, and it may be sort of sloppily written, and it may be one that's not updated well. So the more plugins you put on your site, potentially, you can slow down your server, and you could slow down, um, basically you're using up more resources. So I don't know if you're going to slow down the server, but you could slow down your site. So once I realized I had too many plugins, I got rid of a bunch of, of, of them and I deactivated several of them. And you can see, I mean, you can see the results in the site speed, like right away. So if you go to a site like Pingdom or however you're testing your site speed, you can deactivate some plugins and then see how it impacts the loading speed. So the other thing with plugins, especially free ones, is you may have some security issues that arise. So if they're not built in a secure way, they may be, um, what do you call it, compromised. They may be compromised and people could hack into your site that way. So that said, um, I'll tell you some of the plugins that I use. And there's not too many. I try and minimize the number that I have on any given site. So I use Jetpack from Automatic, and that has like a suite of features. And I'm pretty sure that, you know, if you implement every single one of the features that Jetpack has to offer, well, then you'll find yourself um, in the same situation. So it's one, it's one plugin, but there's a ton of functionality. And the more functionality you use, the you know, the slower it'll be. So there's a few things that I use from Jetpack. I think I use their contact form. They have a, a little analytics panel that I like to use. They also have some security features. So they prevent like brute force attacks and that sort of thing. I think they also have like a lazy loading images piece of functionality. And you should just take a look. I just use the free functionality of Jetpack there's some paid version, but I just use the free one. Um, then further, I also use uh, Kismet, and that prevents comment spam. Further on comment spam, I use the GrowMap anti-spam bot plugin, and that I guess basically it makes you uh, it makes a person that wants to leave a comment click a checkbox. Apparently, clicking a check checkbox is really hard for um, spam bots to do. So that if, if a human clicks the little checkbox, then they can leave a comment. I also use uh, the Lockdown WP admin, and it, it basically lets you change the login URL so that it's harder for people to hack into your site because they won't know where, uh, like what URL it is. So instead of the normal like uh, slash login.php page, you can change it to anything that you want. I also use Manage WP, and it's a service, um, but you have to use like a plugin on your site, and it basically allows you to do offsite backups on an automated fashion, separate from your hosting company. It's it's like one or two dollars a month, something like that. It's pretty pretty cheap, and 
you could also like migrate and clone sites pretty easily. So it's a cheap solution for backing up your site. Yes, there are some free solutions out there, but uh, managed WP is, like I said, it's like a dollar or two per month. So that's easy enough for me. And last, I use the Yoast SEO plugin. It has some nice features and tools, but I don't really use it for SEO guidance. It's really, um, it's really made for people that are like general users, not SEO folks. And, and the main thing, I have an issue with the keyword density that it recommends. So if you're using something like the keyword golden ratio, the Yoast SEO plugin is probably going to recommend that you use the like the uh, keyword phrase too many times. So, you know, keep that in mind. But it allows you to do some interesting things like no index your archive pages for categories or tags or authors or dates or whatever. You can also edit your HT access file directly within the tool and a few other like nice little features. As far as Amazon plugins, there's a couple that um, there's a couple that I like. There's AAWP. So that, that one's fine. Another good one is uh, Amalinks Pro. So I'm, a, I'm an affiliate for both of those. If you happen to use um, those or you buy them through my affiliate links, that I would get a commission, which I appreciate. But I just wanted to disclose that to you. So overall, I try not to use too many plugins. And there's a couple others that um, that I use occasionally, but I don't I don't have them active on my site all the time. So um, occasionally I, I want to edit the database, which is a fairly advanced and dangerous thing to do. But for whatever reason, um, I feel confident enough to do that. And the main reason is I have a backup on managed WP. So if I hose the database and fuck something up, I can just restore it in like one or two minutes. So there's a database... Uh, search and replace that I, I use. And basically you could search and replace within your database um, straight from your WordPress dashboard. You could, of course, avoid that plugin altogether and edit directly in your database. Like the, uh, I think it was like my admin PHP or PHP admin. I'm not sure what order it is, but you could edit your database um, within your cPanel um, or if you don't want to do that, you can use the search and replace plugin. There's a few of them out there. So there's a couple um, there's a couple plugins like that. Another one is like to duplicate a post or page. That's kind of nice as well. You could like copy a page and I guess if you're doing some sort of a template or something like that, that would be a useful um, thing in that case. Finally, there's a tool called Sketch that I wanted to tell you about. And it's part of the Evernote family of uh, like products, I guess. I, I guess there's a few of them out there. But Sketch is basically a way to take screenshots on your uh, computer. Or I think you could even do it on like a device like your phone or tablet or whatever. Basically, you're able to take a screenshot and then notate it however you want. You can put arrows in there. And you'll notice if you look at my my blog niche site project, if I'm like uh, illustrating something, actually, if you, not just my blog, if you look at uh, especially a lot of marketing blogs and there's some sort of a tutorial, a lot of times um, if you see screenshots with arrows pointing around, 
most of the time, not always, but most of this time people are using Skitch. So even if you're not like a blogger, it could be super useful. Um, for example, if you're working with a VA of some kind, maybe you're training someone to, I don't know, like be a content editor on your site and you need to show them like what buttons to push. You could easily take a screenshot point where you need them to do things in certain order and um, basically create a tutorial. And I literally have used Sketch to do just that. I create a job aid. Um, there's some text describing what to do. And then I could just tell them what to do. And then I could show them exactly what to do using the screenshots and arrows. So it's a, it's a pretty fast way to do that. Before I use Sketch, I would take like a screenshot, um, probably like a, a screenshot of my whole screen. And then I would have to crop it down which uh, takes a little time. And then I would have to use like a paint program to um, like create little arrows and, and, you know, basically a longhand way of doing what Sketch will do very easily. So if, you, uh, if you've never used it or you're looking for a screenshot solution, um, I recommend you check it out. I think um, you can use like a free version of it. I'm not 100% sure. You'll have to go over to Sketch and uh, check it out. But I think you can use like a free version of it with like limited storage capacity. And if you want to upgrade it, then you have to like pay some. But I think you can use it totally free, at least for, you know, some portion of it. That is the episode for today. I want to thank you a lot for listening in. I really do appreciate it. I'm enjoying the podcast quite a bit, and I hope you are too. In the next episode, I'm talking to Christy. And this is a this is a pretty cool interview. I actually did this one live in person because Christy lives in the same town as me. So she's a student in Five Figure Niche Site. She launched her site back in October, and we go into a lot of detail around the Pinterest brainstorming and that sort of thing. So that is coming up in the next episode. Keep an eye out for that. If you are new, really appreciate you uh, listening. Please subscribe. I would really appreciate it. And if you like what you're hearing, please leave a review. That's great uh, to let other people know that you enjoy it. And it's great to, uh, they tell me it's good for like the SEO stuff on the iTunes area and all that stuff. That remains to be seen. But either way, if you like it, leave a review. It'd be great. If you can tell someone about it, that's even better. Let someone know that they should check out the show and have a good one. We'll catch you next time.